Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me here on this Wednesday midweek. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Check me out on social media. On Instagram, I'm at Monica Crowley underscore, and on Twitter and True Social, I'm at Monica Crowley. Also by email, I'm at Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Again, Monica Crowley Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Keep those emails coming. I love hearing from you guys. Let me know what's on your mind. All right, coming up later this week, Dr. Naomi Wolf will be here. Naomi has been an absolute powerhouse throughout the pandemic the last couple of years, uh, just out there exposing the lies, the fraud from our public health officials like Fauci and Burks and the rest of them, big tech, and especially big pharma. She is going to be here on Friday for an extensive conversation about what she has found She and her team, along with Steve Bannon's War Room audience and team, they have done a really deep dive into the Pfizer documents. There was a judge who stepped up to force Pfizer to release all of their documentation on the mRNA experimental shots, which they wanted to hide for 75 years. A judge forced them to release, I think it's about 55,000 pages per month, something like that. And Naomi and her team have been combing through these documents, and she's got real experts on the team. What they have found is absolutely unbelievable. It's blowing the doors off. 
All right. And they've published an ebook. She is going to be here on Friday to talk to us about what they have found so far. This is just the initial foray into these Pfizer documents, and it's already unbelievable. So Friday's show is not to be missed. I love Naomi. I'm so honored to know her. I've been following her work for a long time. And even when I disagreed with her, I always respected her. And now I'm honored to call her a friend. And she's going to be here on Friday not to be missed. All right, next week, we're going to talk to two other powerhouses, Darren Beatty of Revolver News. I've been a longtime fan of his work and what he's launched at Revolver. He is absolutely amazing. He is going to join us. Also next week, former CIA Director and Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. He's going to join us too. So, blowing the roof off here on the Monica Crowley podcast. Make sure you spread the word and never miss a show. Okay, today, have you heard of the butterfly effect? If not, we're going to tell you what it is and why you should know it, because it could get us into World War III. A fascinating conversation straight ahead. But first, the Monica Memo. We've got a potpourri of news today, so no real memo because I want to hit a bunch of different stories. Uh, First up, let's start with a heartwarming story, shall we? Because we deal with so much heavy crap on this show. Tom Brady. Tom Brady today announced he is retiring for good. He put out a very sweet and very emotional little video this morning. He lives in Florida, so he went out to the beach, and he shot this little video on his camera. It's very sweet. He got choked up when he was announcing, this is really it. Remember, a year ago today, he announced he was retiring only to reverse that decision a couple of weeks later. And I think, you know, that that played into his divorce with his wife, Giselle Bunchen, and they are now divorced, but she didn't appreciate the back and forth, and then he went back to the game and so on. So the guy has sacrificed a lot for that absolutely stellar career, a record seven Super Bowls. Tom Brady is definitely the GOAT, and I don't care if you hated the Patriots, you didn't like him, or whatever— I think maybe this is one of those moments that could actually bring America together, (laughs) deciding that Tom Brady is, in fact, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And I just want to say on a personal note, I have long been a Tom Brady fan from the very beginning, and not just because he's super hot, but because he really is the GOAT. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of all football fans to Tom Brady for the great football memories. Thank you so much, Tom. And I guess the big question now is, is he going to be in the announcer's box for the Super Bowl? You know, he signed this huge deal, $300 million plus dollars over 10 years to join the Fox uh, team. And I don't know if he's going to be calling the games or doing the analysis or both or whatever it's going to be, but we'll see if he shows up at the Super Bowl because Fox has the Super Bowl this year. So we shall see. But thank you for the great memories, Tom Brady game will not be the same without him. All right. Potpourri of news continues. Today, the FBI is searching Joe Biden's home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, in the classified documents probe. Well, it only took them months at a time to get there, right? We learned yesterday that the FBI um, went into a number of places, including the Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C., in mid-November 
And we also learned this morning that the White House buried that, that the FBI had a press release ready to go in mid-November saying that they had conducted this search at the Penn Biden Center and the White House squashed it. Didn't want the public to know that, yes, Joe Biden also has classified documents all over the friggin' place. The cover-up is always worse than the crime. Guys, I learned that lesson working for President Nixon during the last years of his life. He and I talked about this all the time. You know, you commit an infraction or a crime, and then you try to cover it up, and invariably, the truth always comes out. Again, except for the Kennedy assassination, which we're starting to make progress on, by the way, in finding out the truth about what happened there. And, you know, a bunch of other assassinations like RFK and the the rest. What really is going on in the country? Well, we know that the power really lies not in the White House, Capitol Hill, Supreme Court, etc., but it really lies with the deep state. So we are now... Uh, Thanks to Donald Trump, who began to expose a ton of this stuff, we're starting to get, you know, real secrets coming out here. Um, But the FBI had a press release ready to go in mid-November saying we had conducted this search, here's what we found, and boom, White House stepped in and killed the press release. So we didn't know. So we only know now from a couple of weeks ago that all this is going on. Why, by the way, does the White House have the power to kill that press release. I thought the FBI was supposed to be independent. I thought the DOJ was supposed to be independent. Don't we hear that all the time from Joe Biden? Oh, the Attorney General Merrick Garland, he's independent. He's going to go where the facts lead. Rule of law, all that crap that they throw at us all the time. Why did the White House have the power to step in with the FBI and kill that press release? There's a question we need answers to. Just add it to the list of eight bajillion other questions that we need answers to. Today, the FBI descended on the Rehoboth Beach mansion. By the way, Joe Biden has been in public service his entire life, has never had a real job. How does he afford all of these houses? Oh, that's right. Selling America's secrets and selling access and influence to America's worst enemies, like China, the CCP. Oh, and to corrupt countries like Ukraine where he's money laundering hand over fist for decades. That's how he affords these houses when you can't. So the FBI is uh, all over the Rehoboth Beach House uh, today. Um, Not exactly a surprise visit by the FBI. The FBI has been signaling this for a long time. They have been saying, gee, gosh, golly, we've looked at the Wilmington, Delaware house. We've looked at the Penn Biden Center. We've looked at a couple of other places and found classified documents just helter-skelter everywhere. Hmm. There's one other place we haven't looked. Oh, the Rehoboth Beach House. Yeah, we and in public, in the press, over the last couple of weeks, they've been hemming and hawing about the Beach House. Well, we might go. We're thinking about it. It's under consideration. We haven't gotten there yet. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, his family, his son Hunter, his personal lawyers have been all over this house pretty much every weekend since he became president or off and on. But they've been all over this house and certainly over the last couple of weeks he's been out there. Do you think that his shredding machine has gotten a workout? The FBI will leave this house today and go, oh, gosh, golly, you know, we looked everywhere. We looked in the toilet tank. 
We looked in the freezer. We looked in the garage next to his Lamborghini or whatever he's driving out there. We looked everywhere. The glove compartment, couldn't find anything. Gee, I wonder why. You know, the FBI did not give a heads up to President Trump when they raided Mar-a-Lago. They did not give a heads up to Roger Stone when they raided him at, what, 4.30 in the morning, forcing him out in his boxer shorts into the street with CNN called with cameras across the street to catch it all. Hmm, they didn't get a heads up. And now the FBI has put out this uh, invitation to other former presidents and vice presidents. Gee, would you mind just checking your locations, your homes, your garages, your glove compartments for classified documents? Let us know if you find anything. So Trump gets the armed raid, but the rest of them get an engraved invitation. It is infuriating. This is the collapse of rule of law in front of your very eyes, right? Right here. So we'll see what they come up with, if anything. But I get back to my broader point about all of this, which is you would not know about Joe Biden's classified document scandal if the deep state did not want you to know it. The only reason you know that Joe Biden has a classified documents problem is because the deep state wants him gone. The left's power brokers, the shadowy characters actually running this country and really the world, they want him gone. They need a stronger candidate going into 2024. I talked about this last night on the Jesse Waters show on Fox. They they realize they've made so much progress here in remaking the country that um, they, they need to bounce him because they can't go into the next election with a very weak candidate, whether it's Biden or Kamala. They got to get rid of both of them. So they're going to move Kamala out by offering her a very lucrative position somewhere. They'll pay her off. And the theory is, look, they're going to they got to dump not one but two, which makes it even more problematic. If they had a dynamite VP in there, it'd be easy. You maneuver Biden out, you move up the VP, you're all set. They run as an incumbent. But hear me out on this theory. I know it sounds fantastical, but we've been through a lot of crazy nonsense over the last uh, couple of years, so it's not so crazy. They have a problem with Kamala because she is a woman of color, and their whole party is identity politics all day long. So they're going to maneuver Biden out at some point. They may allow him to declare for president so that he freezes the rest of the field. You cannot have uh, Governor Hairdo in California. You cannot have Elizabeth Warren or Pete Buttigieg or any of these other clowns. You can't have them announce if the sitting president of their own party announces. So they may have him announce for president that he's running again. Here's my little campaign team. We're getting started. Woohoo! To freeze the rest of the Democratic field. And then, sort of at the last minute, early next year, they could even wait even longer, maybe. Depends on what the rules on their side are. But freeze the field so nobody else can get a running start, raising money, campaigning, etc., and then they remove Kamala by, you know, offering her whatever, Supreme Court, ton of money, whatever it is, maneuver her out. And then they install in the vice presidency someone like Michelle Obama, who is the only one who fixes their identity politics problem. She is a woman of color. So you swap out one for another. 
problem solved. And then you maneuver Joe out and Michelle is now running as an incumbent. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I know it sounds nuts, but you know what? We've been through a lot of nutty stuff, um, certainly over the last couple of years, and nothing is beyond the realm of possibility here. Again, classified documents, all of this is weighing down Joe Biden. It's all being done to him on purpose by his own side, his own players. But there are, you know, a couple of more moves here in this 3D chess game. And I just... You know, we're talking a little bit about this last night on Jesse Waters. I've talked about it on this program. Uh, Who knows? Who knows? I'm just throwing it out there because our side really needs to be prepared, right? We got to be prepared for the worst case scenario. Living in denial does us no good. Living in wishful thinking does us no good. We got to be prepared for what the deep state and the left and the propaganda press has ready to throw at us. And the worst case scenario is Michelle. Okay. We are living through the Obama's third term right now. They got to keep it going with an Obama fourth term and fifth term and whatever, as long as they can keep this ball rolling. So who better than Michelle? And if you're Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis and everybody else on the GOP side thinking about running for president or already running in Trump's case, well, you better be gaming this out. I don't have any clear answers on how best to run against Michelle. I recommend to everybody Joel Gilbert's new documentary called Michelle Obama 2024, where he lays out all of this and lays out uh, what a fraud she is. It's really worth seeing. It's excellent. He's been on this show. Um, Go take a look at that because all all sides need to be prepared here. She will be very difficult to run against. And while we're out here going, oh, running against old Joe or Kamala, that'll be easy. Even Governor Hairdo. No, I mean, come on. We got to be prepared for all scenarios. She may or may not do this, but she is the worst case scenario. So we better start thinking ahead now. And I hope all these, these candidates and all of their teams are thinking about it now. All right, when we come back, um, you think COVID is over? Mm, not so fast. We're going to cover that on the other side. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, Eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy 
And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Welcome back. Well, the White House um, had a bit of a hot mess of a communications problem earlier this week because the White House indicated that they were going to call an end to the formal declaration of emergency over COVID-19 on May 11th. May 11th, right around Mother's Day, right? Happy Mother's Day, end of the COVID emergency. Did you realize we were still in the COVID emergency? Yeah, technically, we are still in the COVID emergency, even though Joe Biden, uh, like over the last couple of months, telling CBS News, oh, yeah, COVID's over, the emergency's over. And then the next day, oh, no, because uh, someone talked to him because he's senile. Uh, you need to go out there and say, no, it's not over. We still got problems. So they send him out, you know, they tell him what to say. He goes out there, he screws it up. They got to fix it. Sometimes they send him out to fix it. Sometimes they don't. But from a messaging standpoint, it's a nightmare. Um, So they, the White House earlier this week came out and said, um, end of COVID emergency, May 11th. And then the next day Biden was asked about it and the demented fool said, Uh, Well, I don't really know what you're talking about. It ends when the Supreme Court ends it. Supreme Court what? (laughs) What is he talking about? You know, these restrictions, yes, there is a federal thing in place that they're going to roll back the the emergency. But when it comes to lockdowns, mandates, etc., that's a state-by-state call. So I am not exactly sure what he's talking about unless he's talking about their case. The administration has taken a case uh, to the Supreme Court on uh, the ability of any administration, I guess, to reimpose masks on airlines, on your airline flight. They want the ability to pull that trigger at any time. So they're going through the courts now. Maybe that's what he means because that's headed to the Supreme Court if it's not in their hands already. Um, So maybe that's what he's referring to. I don't know because nobody really knows. But this May 11th date, why wait so long? Hmm? Why wait so long? They, They could end this tomorrow. They could end it today if they want to, but they don't want to. Once again, this entire pandemic was never about the virus. It was only and always about power and control. All tyrants love states of emergency because it gives them a great pretext to ram in all kinds of mandates and forms of control over your life that they then almost never roll back. Or at the very least, if they do roll it back, um, they have you conditioned to give up your freedom to make you believe that your freedom is selfish and loving your freedom and liberty is selfish. So now they have laid the groundwork. They paved the way for the next manufactured crisis where they can take even more of your freedoms and you will comply. That's why dictators love states of emergency. They create the problem, they create the state of emergency, and then they take away more and more of your freedoms. Again, we're going to have Naomi Wolf on this program on Friday to talk more about all of this. 
um, because she has been doing some deep thinking and deep investigating into all of it. So guys, we went from 15 days to slow the spread to 38 months of tyrannical mandates and lockdowns. Some governors were better than others. Christy Nome really in South Dakota led the pack in terms of not shutting down her state and allowing medical freedom, bodily autonomy, um, no real lockdowns. Really, she does not get enough credit for this. She really doesn't. She was on the show last year. We'll bring her back on the program. Um, she's phenomenal. I'm blessed to call her a friend as well. She's got that pioneering Western spirit in her, as does her state. So she did not really lock down. I mean, she led the charge for freedom during this entire spectacle. But we have now gone, if we go to May 11th, we will have gone 38 months um, with this national uh, program of a COVID emergency long past when the emergency ended, if there really were an emergency to begin with. Um, I think based on the data that we have on the virus itself and so on, manufactured all of it, the virus, the mRNA experimental shots, the lockdowns, the mask. Now, you know, by the way, there's this huge new meta study about the efficacy of masks. And what it shows is that masks do nothing when it comes to a respiratory virus. Nothing. So they have you masked as a form of control. Let's see if this sheep will put on the mask if we tell them to. And boom, everybody did. We're not medical doctors, most of us. We don't know. And the medical doctors that we do trust in our lives or in the public health sphere, like Fauci and Burks, et cetera, the people that we were supposed to trust, they were all like, oh, wear your mask. And they're running around sometimes with their mask, sometimes not. If the cameras weren't on, no mask. Um, so it was all theater. It was all levers of control on you. They said jump and we said how high because they leveraged fear. Fear is the government's favorite weapon because it's their most effective weapon. If they can make you afraid of nuclear war, of a virus, of whatever, you will move to preserve yourself and rescue your family and keep them safe. That whole buzzword, keeping you safe, makes me crazy. I mean, it's very soothing to hear. We want to keep you safe. It's the paternalistic uh, messaging of a paternalistic government. Daddy's here to keep you safe. It's a whole like emotional tug on parenting. Like the government is your parent. And so the government is here to keep you safe. No, it's more like Ronald Reagan's famous line that the, that the most dangerous words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. That's more like it. So they leveraged fear. They knew exactly what they were doing. All of it. It just to, to control you and your life and condition you. On the masks, I just mentioned this huge new meta study. Uh, you can go Google it. It's, it's everywhere now showing that masks have like zero efficacy against a respiratory virus like this one. And again, there are questions about whether or not this virus is actually a respiratory one. We're going to talk to Naomi Wolf about this. Her view and other doctors out there, their view is, no, this was never a respiratory virus. This was something else entirely. 
We still don't know. But so many people, because they've been conditioned on the mask wearing and the social distancing and all this other nonsense, there are people, a lot of them, in deep blue areas like New York, LA, San Francisco, etc., who are still wearing masks. They're still wearing them. Here is Stephen Colbert last night announcing the end on May 11th of the COVID emergency and then referring to his audience. Listen. The White House has finally announced they plan to end the COVID public health emergency in May. Take that, COVID. We beat you. Shove that up your nose and rotate it five times. This has, been, this has been a long time coming. I wish you could see the smiles on the faces of my audience. And I wish I could, too, because they're still wearing masks. And they're all laughing behind their masks. The camera turned around and did a studio shot. Maybe it's a requirement in that studio by CBS. Who knows? But the entire audience is there wearing masks and gleefully clapping like trained seals over the fact that they were still wearing masks. You know what? Those people will still be wearing masks five years from now. Yesterday in Congress, a bill came up to accelerate the end of this COVID emergency And do you know that every Democrat in the House voted against it? Every single Democrat in the House. So so don't let anybody tell you that there are some moderate Democrats out there. There aren't. They're all communists. Every single Democrat in the House yesterday, yesterday, 2023, they voted to keep masking, vax mandates, COVID emergency laws, and lockdowns. Every single Democrat. You think COVID is over? Wake up. Booster shots forever is their plan because they're working hand in glove with a big pharma. They take so much money from Pfizer, Moderna, etc. They want booster shots forever. That's their plan. And, of course, the power and control thing as well. Bill Gates, who, by the way, does not exactly look like the picture of health. He's not exactly an advertisement for the local gym. Bill Gates has a huge paunch, and he's got moobs. Man boobs. He's got moobs going. All right, but he's the global health specialist that we're all supposed to listen to and bend the knee to. I don't think so. Bill Gates invested $55 million in Pfizer-BioNTech vaccines. And you know how much he made off of that? Bill Gates made 10 times his investment. He made $550 million. He just cashed out his stocks after throwing the vaccines under the bus while he was in Australia. Always follow the money. And what's really terrifying is that now Bill Gates has an extra half a billion dollars to plow into some new nefarious thing. These are really dark forces working against us. And we got to just stay absolutely vigilant. And the next time they try to use fear against us, we've got to say no. Stop complying. Become ungovernable. Become ungovernable. That's the only solution here to this kind of evil. 
Okay, when we come back, we're going to have a really fascinating conversation with Jared Knott, who has written a book about how small, little actions, mistakes, accidents change the course of history. And we're going to ask him what kind of small little triggers could actually send us into World War III, whether it's with Ukraine or China, Taiwan, or something else. An absolutely amazing conversation coming straight up. But first, why not give yourself the gift of great skin this Valentine's Day with GenuCell? You can take 10 or 15 years off your appearance with GenuCell skincare and their most popular package. And right now, every most popular package is 70% off and includes the next breakthrough in skincare technology, GenuCell's probiotic moisturizer, absolutely free. I use this moisturizer and I absolutely love it. It's so good. And for my listeners, GenuCell is including a beauty box with two luxury gifts with every order from now until Valentine's Day. Go to GenuCell.com slash Monica right now to get your free beauty box with two luxury gifts when you make a purchase. See those fine lines, wrinkles, dark spots, sagging jawline, and even bags and puffiness visibly disappear right before for your eyes, thanks to GenuCell. Plus, with its immediate effects, see results in under 12 hours, guaranteed or your money back. So go to GenuCell.com slash Monica right now. And for the first time ever, every order at GenuCell.com from now until Valentine's Day includes a beauty box with two luxury gifts, yours free. Order now, two weeks only, genucel.com slash Monica. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com, genucel.com slash Monica. Again, genucel.com slash Monica. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. Well, it seems that with every passing day, we get closer and closer to World War Three. That's not an exaggeration. The globalists, both here and abroad, are chomping at the bit for it. And they don't, they obviously really don't care about you at all because peace ain't profitable for them. So, how close to World War III are Biden and the EU taking us? Here are some recent headlines, been all over the press. Germany warns against an arm race as Ukraine pushes for missiles, jets, and more. We've seen the headlines about fighter jets, etc. The NATO chief is pressing South Korea, of all places, to send lethal aid into Ukraine. Uh, the West worries that time is on Putin's side. And Moscow is now intimating that the end of nuclear arms control may be here because of the West's support for Ukraine. So with all of these developments and a year now into this conflict, it does seem that the globalists and the leftist powers that be around the world cannot believe that the situation hasn't escalated. They've done everything in their power to escalate this, and they keep at it. So I think it's a very dangerous moment. Could one tiny mistake provoke a global conflagration? Well, if history is any guide, the answer is most certainly yes. 
Joining us right now to talk more about this is Jared Knott, K-N-O-T-T, Jared Knott. Jared is a decorated combat infantry officer from his time in Vietnam in the 1st Air Cavalry Division, and he's the author of a new book, which is absolutely fascinating, called Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, 39 Tiny Mistakes That Changed the World. Jared, thank you so much for joining us today. I've been dying to have you on the show because I find this entire subject absolutely fascinating. I appreciate it very much. Yes, I have fun talking about the book and I get a lot of feedback from people that the book is not only informative, but it's a a fun book to read. Oh, it's absolutely a fun book. It's a real page turner, guys. I mean, it's history, but it reads like a novel. So congratulations on it, Jared. And everybody should just go pick it up. Amazon, wherever you get your books. Again, it's called Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters. So Jared, I want to address the current global situation with you. But first, tell us what the basis of your book is and how we're going to apply it today. The the butterfly effect, now I studied this when I was in graduate school, the butterfly effect on human history. What is it? Yes, there was a Professor Lorenz, who was a leading mathematician. They do not give a Nobel Prize for mathematics, but if they did, he certainly would have won it. He won the equivalent uh, awards for being a, a great a leading mathematician. But back in the 1950s, he was running this computer program uh, with the computers of the day, and he had a number that was a, had a number from the decimal and 18 small numbers behind it. And it was taking the computers of the day a long, long time to grind out all the numbers. He said, well, gee whiz, those numbers are so small. I mean, just lob off about six or seven of them so it'll run faster. And they're so small, it won't make any difference. But when he did that, it was, a, of course, a weather prediction. He was amazed at what a dramatic difference it had in the final outcome. It's a little bit like if you're leaving San Francisco and you're going, you think, to New York, which your compass is off just by a degree and a half or two and a half degrees, and you end up in North Carolina or maybe even Miami. It's a little bit like that. It looks somewhat analogous. Anyway, he was saying this means that a butterfly flapping its wings in Brazil can set off a chain reaction that a year and a half later can lead to a cyclone in Texas. And he presented the paper to a group of mathematicians, and that's what coined the phrase. So it's a one little change in early progression which multiplies and multiplies and multiplies in dominoes has a completely catastrophic result at the end that was not anticipated. And when you take that and apply it to history, it's shocking. It's shocking. I had this um, first idea, gosh, been about 12 years ago, and I was thinking, well, gee, I have enough uh, information here to write a, an article. I have two or three or four, five, six, seven examples. And I kept doing more research. I'm also thinking back to things I've read, and it's amazing how example after example after example of a tiny mistake that leads uh, to a big blunder in the end. If only one little thing hadn't happened, the outcome would be dramatically different. It really is incredible. You know, over the past weekend, we were watching All Quiet on the Western Front, which is a fantastic and brutally realistic uh, film based on the novel set in World War I in the trenches. And mm-hmm. um, a friend of mine said to me, hey, you know, do, what set off World War I? And we remembered the big thing, which is the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. Right. But even at the right. time, like in the, the grand context of World War I or World War II, that's like a relatively minor 
designers thing, even though it was a big thing, but you know what I'm saying? That's one thing, but you in this book drill down even further to these yes. small little changes or, or behaviors or an action that changes the course of history. Do you think, um, uh, Jared, do you think of it as fate, determinism, God-directed, like hand of God, or what? How do you view these, these little actions that set off a bigger chain? Well, it's, uh, of course, a metaphysical question, uh, whether it's uh, God's hand or some cases where it just seemed like God did uh, come down and flip the switch and change things a different uh, direction. Uh, several examples come to mind there. But no, I guess it's uh, more based on human frailty, and we have to realize that, yes, uh, human beings are prone towards doing some very outstanding things, but also prone, prone to making what seem to be little mistakes, but they can end up being disastrous mistakes uh, in the end. It's just we have to build it into our systems to, be, to verify and double-check and recheck and make sure that small things don't go wrong. Small things can really, really blow up on you uh, in the end. I'll, I'll give you a quick example. There's a book out there called The... Uh, uh, the Checklist Manifesto, and uh, it was uh, Sultan, and it was written by a, a famous uh, surgeon, and he was wondering, he was saying, gee whiz, uh, we're making a lot of mistakes that can uh, lead to fatalities in the operating room. Uh, the situation is getting so complex, I wonder if it's getting so complex that he, human beings can no longer handle it. So he uh, uh, said, I wonder how the airline industry is handling, handling these situations. They, too, must deal with complex situations uh, in split-second decisions and so on and so forth. So we went over there and he spoke to, uh, to Boeing. Uh, how is it that you did this, uh, how these situations? They went back to a famous airline accident way back in 1935 with the uh, prototype uh, bomber. Of, it's called the B-99 at the time. It was the forerunner of the B-17, the Flying Fortress. And there was uh, two very, very good pilots doing a test run on the plane. Uh, one of the very best pilots that uh, Boeing had, and they made a mistake. They forgot to flip off this uh, switch for the elevator yoke, which was like a part of the automatic pilot system. Anyway, it forced the nose of the plane up, the plane stalled, it pancaked down, and it killed both of the pilot and the co-pilot. They did the investigation, which well, was just a small thing, just flip that switch, and the whole thing might have been avoided. What do we do to prevent this from happening in the future? They came up with the checklist system, a very tight checklist. Uh, so there's uh, like whatever, 37 different items in the checklist. The pilot and the pilot go through, turn this dial to position number A, check, check. Turn off the elevator yoke switch, check, check, and so on and so forth like that. Well, this system was adopted and dramatically reduced the number of mistakes that were happening with, uh, with airline crashes. Well, uh, the uh, Dr. Atul Gawande uh, took it back and he uh, applied it in the operating room. I wonder if it will work here. So they had the checklist system, 35, 40, 50 different items. They check off item by item, item by item. Also, we have the cart there that has the necessary plasma and also antibiotics and other tools there to go along with the checklist to make sure that we're not running down the hall trying to grab something at the last minute. So they put this into effect and they were amazed at the results that they got. Reduced uh, fatalities by 37% in the operating room just to make sure that all these little tiny mistakes were eliminated by a tight checklist system. They also found, by the way, that when everybody in the operating room knew everybody else's name, that increased uh, communication and mistakes were eliminated that way. Also, 
people being more inclined to speak up and tell the grand doctor such and such isn't right, so on and so forth. And so that does now the standard practice throughout the world, the checklist system, which came from an airline accident way back in 1935, somebody not throwing the elevator uh, yoke switch. Yeah, I mean, it really is amazing. And this book is full of these incredible little stories like that, that have really changed our lives to this very day. And I guess, too, if you're dealing with issues of life and death, whether it's in the airline industry or, you know, world war, um, you know, as a leader, you have to be really self-aware, I think, with a very high EQ, emotional intelligence, in addition to intellectual intelligence, Mm -hmm. to prevent these small things from becoming bigger things, right? Yes, yes. And there has to be checklists, uh, check uh, stop gaps in position uh, to make sure that uh, tiny mistakes are uh, intercepted or prevented uh, in the first place. There was an, also a story in the book about uh, a, a Navy pilot who was, he received the Navy Cross of, for uh, Midway, and he goes down the list that he goes through, uh, making sure that he has uh, the two kinds of pencils that can write on this uh, plastic sheet. Make sure he can have the wool cloths to wipe them off. Make sure he has the right kind of uh, uh, medicines in his pocket in case something comes up. Heavy preparation. The old thing with Boy Scouts, be prepared. Heavy preparation, heavy emphasis on that attention to detail. And that can make a huge difference in the final outcome. Yes, absolutely. Self-awareness and high EQ, which is missing in a lot of leaders, but that can really de-escalate or defuse a situation before it blows up. Before we talk about what we're facing right now with Ukraine and Russia and also China and Taiwan, uh, Jared, can you give us this example? Just walk us quickly uh, through this, because this story is just absolutely amazing to me that you have in the book. You you talk about a soldier accidentally kicking a helmet off the top of a wall and causing yes. an empire to collapse. Yes, that's exactly right. And that's not an exaggeration. Uh, you go to the grocery store, and here's the tabloids there, and they have the headline in the front. You look at the story inside, and it's a, a letdown from the headline. This one's not a letdown from the headline. In fact, all of them are not letdowns. It's exactly what we say it is. But it has to do with Cyrus the Great, who was mentioned in the Bible. He was the uh, leader of uh, Persia, who actually founded the Persian Empire. And he was the one that gave the Israelis and the children of Israel their freedom from bondage from Babylon. But anyway, he had the Persian Empire, and it was moving towards conflict with another empire, Lydia, which is led by a man named uh, Croesus from the expression, Riches Croesus. So the battle was upcoming, the war was upcoming. Croesus wanted to make sure he won, and so he sent a representative to the Oracle of Delphi. And he began splashing a lot of gold around, a lot of silver around, a lot of gifts that's where he got his reputation for being so wealthy. He wanted to have a favorable prediction from the Oracle of Delphi. Well, the Oracle came down and made the great uh, pronouncement, a great battle will be fought and an empire will be lost. And uh, it was given the, the impression that, that meant that uh, the other empire was going to be lost, not his. Well, it didn't quite work out that way. So anyway, the battle is joined. Uh, the Spartans are on the side of, uh, of Croesus, and uh, it fights basically to, to a draw. Well, okay, then Cyrus the Great takes his armies, puts them back on ships, and they sail away. Well, I guess we've won. And so then Croesus, uh, the Spartans leave, and they go back to Sparta. Well, but they didn't call him, they did not call him Cyrus the Great for nothing. After about a week or so, he turns back around and comes back in a second time with his ships, now with the Spartans not there, and the second battle is engaged. He basically wins that battle, 
and Croesus withdraws into his giant forces, uh, the fortress way up on a hilltop. Well, winter is coming. Cyrus doesn't have enough food to support his armies throughout the entire winter. He's in a logistical squeeze. He may be have gotten himself into a serious box. And here comes the tiny mistake. A soldier up on top of the hill on this big sheer face of a cliff uh, accidentally kicks the helmet off the top of the wall. It goes tumbling all the way down, all the way down to the bottom. The soldier gets off the wall and walks down a secret passageway down the side of the wall. He gets his helmet, puts it on, and walks back out, climbs back up the wall. One of Cyrus the Great's men sees this happening. Look, 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 look. There's a walkway, a passageway up the side of the wall. So the next night, a raiding party climbs up the wall, goes up over the top of the wall, goes over to the gates, opens up the gates. Cyrus's uh, armies there comes flooding in, and they conquer Lydia and conquer Croesus. Uh, his money didn't help him then. But if it had not been for that tiny mistake, instead of being called Cyrus the Great, he might have been called Cyrus the Chump. <laughs> exactly. And this book is full of just incredible stories like this. Just absolutely amazing. I'm a history buff, so I love all of this. And the book is a real page turner. Okay, Jared, please stand by. We've got much more with you straight ahead. But first, I've been telling you about man crates for some time now. It's because they truly make the best gifts for the special men in your life. Just in time for Valentine's Day, for our listeners, Man Crate is giving you 20% off all orders over $99 when you use promo code LOVE20 at mancrates.com. Mancrates.com has hundreds of totally unique gifts he'll truly love, like the Whiskey Appreciation Crate with a personalized decanter, matching tumblers, ice sphere molds, and more. Mancrates.com packs his gift in unforgettable experiences, like sealed crates he gets to open with a crowbar, or a heart-shaped box of delicious jerky, like whiskey maple or root beer habanero. Personalization is free, and every gift comes with a full satisfaction guarantee. Use code LOVE20 at mancrates.com to save 20% on orders over $99. That's LOVE20 at mancrates.com. We're coming right back. Okay, we're back with Jared Knott. Let's turn to where we are today. As you look, knowing what you know about the butterfly effect and having done all the research about all these uh, 39 examples throughout history, ancient and modern, about one mm -hmm. little tiny move can really change the entire trajectory. As yes. you take a look at where we are right now with Russia and Ukraine and all of this uh, pretty obvious move to try to provoke the West and certainly the United States into a broader conflict here and maybe even World War III. What kind of small trigger do you see could send us into World War III with regard to what is going on in, in uh, Eastern Europe? Yes, it's a scary situation. And one of the jokers in the deck is the fact that uh, Putin uh, apparently has cancer. We don't know the details, and we're not certain, but he may be uh, dying, I don't know, of cancer. Well, that's a, you already have a man who's a mass murderer. Uh, it's a, you could make a pretty strong case that he's a psychopath, killed many, many, many hundreds of thousands of people, both an individual, he has uh, murder teams that go out and kill individuals, as well as, of course, killing civilians in, in uh, 
in, uh, in Ukraine. Uh, he, if he's uh, bitter and wants to take the world with him, and he has uh, over 5,000 nuclear weapons at his disposal, that's a very dangerous situation. We're kind of in a box here. I, uh, back up, give you some background from my perspective and my humble perspective. Uh, uh, Donald Trump, I'm not a particular fan of Donald Trump, but Donald Trump, uh, to his credit, great credit, uh, had told uh, Putin that if he invaded Ukraine, that Trump would bomb Moscow. Well, it's no accident that you look back to the Biden administration, uh, to the, uh, the Obama, say Obama administration. There was uh, two major attacks that took place then. That was, uh, of course, uh, taking over uh, Crimea uh, as well. In the, uh, and then they, within four years, under Donald Trump, there were no adventures, there were no uh, special attacks. That's and then right. now, back with Biden, here comes, and here comes another major attack after the horrible blundering there in Afghanistan. Uh, so uh, you, uh, it's not just a, an accident that we had very, a lot of aggressive behavior under uh, Biden, and we had no aggressive behavior under Trump, and now we have aggressive behavior again. Uh, it's the old thing about weakness invites attack, and um, uh, strength repels attack. So that's, uh, I think that's the core problem here. Uh, if he had to do, if Biden had to do, if uh, Putin had to do over again, he would never have invaded Ukraine. But of course, it's too late for that now. He's fully committed. So I think we uh, communicated uh, weakness uh, to the Russians, and they saw that as an invitation for an attack uh, on Ukraine. And it was uh, just badly handled, uh, the mishandling of the situation here in Afghanistan. Uh, just a signal that we had a weak, incompetent president, and so that he was, was right for taking we take advantage of, and that's why we're in the situation that we're in. Yeah, I mean, look, one little provocation, and I studied this extensively in graduate school, one little provocation, one little uh, miscommunication can send the world spiraling into, you know, something that, that was not uh, foreseen. What about with China and Taiwan, Jared? You know, the, the U.S. military is now signaling that we might be in a hot war with China within the next two years. What kind of little triggers should we be watching out for there? Well, again, going back to the basic uh, lesson there, um, and by the way, kind of interesting, kind of parallels, there's been a study done that uh, police officers who are very kind and very friendly and very agreeable are much more likely to be attacked and even murdered than those that show a strong, aggressive position. Uh, and the uh, criminals uh, may have the same mindset as, uh, as, the, uh, as Putin being a criminal himself. I'll just throw that out there for whatever it's worth. But to answer your question, we need to show preparation and strength. Uh, Japan, by the way, is beefing, beefing up its military. That's a big uh, support of a program there. We need to beef up our Navy. We need to show that we are very strong and very well prepared, and that if there was any kind of aggression against Taiwan, it would uh, not come out well. If they, the Chinese see defeat down the road, they will not attack. If they see success, they very likely, uh, very likely may attack. Well, you know, I mean, we've got to be on the lookout for these small triggers and miscalculations. We don't want World War III, but many of our globalist so-called leaders certainly do. So a lot of this could be calculated by design, but your book is focused on the inadvertent uh, triggers that can lead us in this direction. So, you know, while our globalist leaders uh, certainly want to go in this direction because peace is not profitable, but war certainly is for them. 
uh, we would be the ones fighting, dying, and footing the bill. Um, so we've got to be on the lookout, I think, for all of this and make sure that we elect responsible, thoughtful leaders who have good IQ as well as good EQ, correct? That's correct. That is correct. The, uh, I think, that too, you can make the generalization, I think it's an accurate generalization, that the, unlike the police officers that are kind and friendly, our liberal leaders tend to take a soft approach uh, to, uh, we had Obama uh, withdrawing the missiles uh, from uh, Poland and getting nothing in exchange for it and communicating uh, to, the, to the Russians that he was going to be kind of their friend, he was going to try to be helpful, he was not going to take a difficult stand. Well, criminals don't understand that, they relate to that, they only understand one thing, they understand strength. Weakness they see as an, av- uh, an invitation to take advantage of the situation. Strength is what they cause them to back up. There's the old quote from Lenin, advance with bayonets. If you encounter mush, advance further. If you encounter a steel, withdraw. Yes. That's the basic, basic formula that's yes. taking place. Right, right. Sure Str- mush. Um, strength is an absolute deterrent. Weakness is an absolute provocation. All of that is true. And if you are in an environment, a geopolitical environment, a political environment here at home in the U.S. where weakness is on display constantly, well, of course, America's adversaries are going to maximize their window of opportunity. Of course, they're going to do that. That's why Putin went into Ukraine when he did, because he knew, you know, Biden was a weak, weak president, doesn't know what plan is on, there wouldn't be much uh, pushback versus, as you remind us, um, all Donald Trump had to do was just be. And our, our adversaries knew, don't even think about it, don't even look at the United States or our interests the wrong way. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is this classic example of that. And uh, we've got, unfortunately, another, what, two years of this president and this kind of weakness. So I think your book goes really far to reminding us how little uh, blunders can really send the world into a tailspin. And, you know, none of this is very comforting, obviously, but denial gets us nowhere except deeper in danger. So as Mm -hmm. uncomfortable as it all is, we need to know this. And I, I really believe that this book goes a long way to open so many people's eyes. Plus, it's really fun, too. It's called Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, 39 Tiny Mistakes That Changed the World. Go get it. You will not be sorry. You're going to love it. It's going to keep you up way late at night. It's available everywhere you get your books. Jared Knott, thank you so much for being here. Yes, good. Right. If you go to tinyblundersbigdisasters.com, that's the website. You get two and a half free chapters. I bust a book trailer, and it's a, it's a fun read just by itself. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that website with us. Everybody go there, plus get a copy of this book. You'll absolutely love it. Makes a great gift, too. Jared Knott, K-N-O-T-T is his name. And again, the book is Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters. Go check it out. Jared, thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Okay, that's going to do it for me today. Thanks so much for joining us and for checking out our great sponsors. We all really appreciate that. You guys are the best. Uh, Join me right back here on Friday. 
because as I mentioned, we are going to have an extensive conversation with the phenomenal Dr. Naomi Wolf, who's going to join us to unpack what she and her team have found in the Pfizer documents. Again, this is just the start, but it's unbelievable information that you and your families need to know. Also coming up next week, we're going to have Darren Beatty here of Revolver News. He's incredible. And former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Blockbuster stuff coming up here on the Monica Crowley Podcast, so tell all of your friends. Have a great end to your week, and I will see you right back here on Friday. Friday.